श्री गुरु वैष्णवी परंपरा की जय गुरु भक्त बिंद So, it's nice to be here with you. I thank you, Bhupu Kumar, for hosting me at your, your house. And um, as some of you know, I have some history with the city of Chicago. <laughs> so... Um, I have some fond memories of the place, and some of you have known me for some of that history. I actually moved to Chicago area as a young boy, about eight years old, from New York. Um, my father and mother moved here. My father used to work for the, um, the Waldorf Astoria. No, the Drake, the Drake Hotel. I don't know if it's still around, the Drake Hotel. Uh, so, and then I said, you know, I spend a lot of time in uh, in uh, in uh, Prabhupada's service here in Chicago. So, again, I have some fond memories. Um, Gopal Kumar had asked that I speak about Guru Tattva. This is an interesting topic, so I'll honor his request guru tattva guru courses uh, become a part of the english lexicon and uh, it's a widely misunderstood <laughs> word as a result of that um, <clears throat> but it's an instance of an example of the uh, extent to which the very subtle kind of eastern thought has seeped in and found its way into into the Western uh, psyche. <clears throat> the word guru means, literally means heavy, and um, <clears throat> the implication of that, of course, is that uh, is heavy with knowledge. Hmm? That... Um, such that he or she will not be blown away in the, by the winds of thought. Hmm. Um, generated by, by the minds of the world. And um, it implies that the, minds, the mind of, of the guru um, himself has been stilled and um, peaceful and it glows like a lamp in a windless place Bhagavad Gita has given this nice example so it has a popular understanding and uh, arguably, the popular understanding of it in Western culture is some kind of a teacher, somebody who knows, an expert in a field, hmm, from whom we can uh, uh, gain expertise in the field from, through association with, and that's very practical. Hmm. There is a saying 
that I've heard in the Western culture. It may be more American even than European, I'm not sure, but Americans are pretty European um, in their origin. <laughs> so uh, the saying goes, real men don't ask questions. Have you heard it? Good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree with it at all. But. Real men don't ask questions. The implication of the statement is that that, that um, uh, real men are rugged, if you will, in individuals that um, find their own way without uh, need of help, and those in need of help are in need of help. Hmm would be the idea. Um, the Eastern... Welcome. Please come in. <coughs> the Eastern idea, um, by contrast, is uh, in the way in which the Eastern world has tended to move is more collectively hmm, than... Um, than with a view to assert one's individuality. <clears throat> Indeed, the uh, surface individuality that uh, we experience is thought to be problematic, hmm? um, illusory, hmm? the underlying reality being one of, of unity rather than difference. Mm-hmm. and difference arising from perception <clears throat> in different minds informed by different... Um, can you hear me? Yes. I speak a little softly sometimes. Different uh, sets of senses. <clears throat> and so uh, a struggle ensues mm, because of so many different centers so I'm speaking in kind of broad terms about the two uh, cultures, and gu- the term guru, of course, is, comes from the East, and it's settled here in the West to some extent, and ho- however well it's understood is something we're, we're just touching on at, at, at the moment. Uh, and so the idea that real men don't ask questions is, is, is a little... Um, a Western idea is... is uh, it. it depicts, uh, typifies a mentality that would uh, is not uh, conducive to taking advantage of the principle and person of the guru. Um, inasmuch as he or she is the person, a good person to ask questions of, and uh, the most important questions about which uh, we arguably would have great difficulty finding answers on our own. <clears throat> Myself, um, uh, born in the West, I, I never identified with that uh, idea, and when I first heard it, I felt it was very foreign to me. I always thought that the most reasonable and expedient means to arrive at an answer to any problem would be to ask questions. <laughs> And uh, to ask questions was not a sign of weakness, but rather a sign of strength in which one was able to acknowledge 
the, the weakness that um, we all are steeped in in as much as we are examples of imperfection, hmm? seeking perfection. We seek perfect knowledge in as much as all action is informed by knowledge and the uh, perfect knowledge would be uh, such that it informed action that made us perfectly happy. So we seek perfect knowledge and um, And we could use um, all the help that we could get, it would seem, to uh, arrive at that. So to identify our weaknesses is a strength. Mm-hmm. And the inquiry that is said to be uh, worthy of being placed before the guru in the traditional sense, Eastern sense of the term, is really the, the are the existential questions uh, the, we, the why questions as I sometimes refer to them that we uh, as humans uh, personify why why am I why meaningful questions about meaning and about purpose and value and so forth as I often say are questions that arise in human society in human consciousness how questions are questions that arise in in the uh, in the consciousness <laughs> of the less complex forms of life that uh, uh, on the scale of life facilitate less or more the asking of such questions as why meaning and value hmm? all of them uh, beneath, if you will, or less complex than the human form of life, falls short in terms of being being vehicles, being uh, instruments, being vehicles uh, that, uh, that promote or provide the opportunity to ask the meaningful questions, the why questions. You follow me? Hmm? How questions are how to eat. For example, how to sleep, how to uh, protect oneself, how to um, recreate oneself, if you will, Um, uh, to mate, in other words. These are how questions. They are questions that pertain to the natural world. And, um, And they're pertinent to all species of life, including ourselves. But we see that nature answers those questions. The natural world answers those questions. The natural world, the objective world, same thing. all species of life have a question of how to protect themselves and nature provides a system, right? The deers can run fast. That's their system. And nature has provided. The skunk has a tail that it lifts. And I often think of that one because we see quite a few of them on our, in all of our rural projects. But uh, it has a defense system and so on and so forth. 
all of these species of life, the, the, the how questions, welcome, are uh, answered by, by nature. And the why questions, why am I, those more difficult questions, to be sure, qualitative questions, they don't arise. That means that the, the forms of life, less complex forms of life, do not serve as a suitable vehicle for consciousness to ask about itself. Because it is, the why questions are questions of consciousness. They're the subjective questions rather than objective questions. Objective questions about the natural world. We have two sides to us, right? We have a subjective side and an objective side. Hmm? The, and all the why questions, the value questions, the meaning questions, they're all subjective. Hmm? And as human beings, really, we are that kind of why. We are a big why. We are a question. Why am I? Why? Why do I suffer? Why? Why do I? Why? Why I suffer? I don't want to. What is the meaning, purpose, value? Hmm? Hmm? Children begin asking why, hmm? and adults, unfortunately, say you shouldn't ask those questions. Hmm? which means they do not spend their life wisely. <laughs> Those are the only questions that should be asked. And if these questions alone are asked, which does seem rather radical and perhaps out of balance, hmm? after all, we also have how questions, right? If we, we also need to know how to eat and how to protect ourselves and, and so forth. If we only ask the why questions, how will the how questions be answered. Hmm? Someone might ask, and it'd say, it's all right, Swami, to be a little religious, but don't go too far with that. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. About the Goswamis, some of our gurus in, uh, in centuries past, it has said, Nidrahara vihara kati vijito Sankhya pubhaka nama gananati bhi. They only ask the why questions. Hmm? And the questions of how to protect themselves, how to eat, how to sleep, how to mate, they forgot about them. Hmm? After all, we've already explained that those questions are already answered hmm? by nature. Nature is asking them. Hmm? Animals aren't really asking how. Hmm? They're being shown how, hmm? without having to ask, even. Hmm? by material nature. The how questions, these are objective questions. Mm. The objective world answers them. Mm. The why questions, these are subjective questions, and the objective world does not have the answers to them. Mm. These are different domains. Do you understand? Different domains. Mm. So the why questions which are which arise in human life. Why am I? Again, 
we have a sense that there's more to life than what meets the eye and the mind. There's, there's a deeper meaning, there's a purpose, an overarching purpose. Hmm? I was reading the philosopher um, Whitehead, you might, Alfred North Whitehead, quite famous contributor to thought in the Western world, and uh, he said an interesting thing. I'll just paraphrase it. He said that um, these, those scientists that are uh, uh, what did he say? Whose purpose is improving hmm, the purposelessness of life are interesting case study. Uh, so, <laughs> in other words, my point here is that that humans we we are purpose driven, even when our purpose is to prove or demonstrate that there's no purpose to life, hmm? which means to equate the subjective with the objective realm, to try to fit the subjective into the objective realm, hmm? to reduce subjectivity such that it, it, it really doesn't exist. Hmm? It only it is an appearance of subjectivity which really is only amounts to physical processes hmm? interacting to reduce consciousness and, and thought and the qualitative feelings that arise in a mind, pain, pleasure, and so forth, to reduce this to the physical, to the brain, to being merely a function of the uh, machine of the brain. Um, some people are very driven to, uh, to do this. They're committed to this. Hmm? The conclusion of which is that there is no overarching meaning, there is no there are no real how why questions. The why questions are illusory. Hmm? There is no real meaning, purpose, value. There are only physical processes interacting. And the very conversation that we're having and those different from ours bent on proving that or demonstrating that consciousness is uh, objective, it's just a functioning of the brain. Hmm? Um, such conversations are no more meaningful than, than raindrops falling on the roof. Hmm? You follow me? Hmm? This is a bleak, bleak outlook, a very bleak, bleak outlook. Um, but there's some very thoughtful people um, in one, one sense, bent on um, uh, demonstrating that. And, and, and many in the field will say that progress has, quite a bit of progress has been made. Hmm? And there has been quite a bit of progress in one sense in moving in that direction to seek to demonstrate that. But it's been compared to the effort to reach the moon that has been breached the distance by climbing in a tree. Hmm? Do you follow? 
that will never happen. <laughs> that you, you, then you will leap from there. Uh, you know? um, so it is quite a leap of, of faith. Um, but this is part of a, a, a kind of a extended um, um, sense of the question or the or the statement that that wise uh, real men don't don't ask questions. Oh, they're asking questions. They're, it's a very it's a it's a it's a uh, self endeavor um, oriented uh, uh, approach. That um, to to understand uh, nature, to uh, on the strength of one's uh, intellect, uh, physical prowess, mental mental prowess, and so forth. Hmm? Um, there's a saying that I like by Grover Cleveland. He said that uh, if you love someone, they'll tell you all the secrets. It's very true. I mean, you just think about it for a moment. As much as you've loved anyone, they know you. And things about you that no one else knows. Love is a kind of a union, to be sure. A dynamic union where the two become one while remaining two. I know that doesn't make sense. But life does not proceed rationally hmm, to a happy conclusion. Hmm? Hmm? A happy conclusion is a rational one, but it transcends the limits hmm, and the tools of reason in terms of their capacity to deliver meaningful, fulfilling, happy life. Hmm? So this, um, I want to say, ascending type of effort to uh, probe and um, deconstruct nature and find out what's at the bottom of her and uh, in which uh, uh, there are no, there are no, there are no um, other Concerns. There are no, there are no constraints uh, from a total, from a completely materialistic point of view. There should be no constraints, no moral constraints. That uh, if we create a human clone and this happens, and so, uh, no moral constraints because there are no real hmm, morality is is just conventional human convention. It's not ontologically rooted. Uh, these kind of ideas. So, this kind of uh, rugged uh, uh, and ascending type of effort for knowing, I'm kind of speaking of it as an extension of the idea that real men don't ask questions. They go out and find out for themselves. And uh, and that we have within us the capacity to, to know and do and seed the clouds and make it rain when we want and and so forth and so on. Mm. This is a very different, my point is, uh, mentality from that which will be uh, useful mm, in approaching the principle and person of the guru. Mm. 
And um, and the uh, so one thing is the mentality that will be fruitful. Uh, after all, what I'm saying also is that it, to, in order for there to be a guru, hmm, there has to be a student. So it's a dynamic. A fellow some time back that I know uh, announced on Facebook that he was wanted to let people know that he was uh, now a guru. Hmm? I thought, does anybody agree with you? <laughs> that might be a good start. <laughs> uh, it's not you that will announce that I am a guru, but someone else will announce. Hmm? You understand? Hmm? Hmm. You are the you are the guru. You are my guru. I may even say hmm, that to, to my student that you are a guru hmm, with some type of blessing, but that will only become um, uh, true and real and practical if anybody else agrees. Hmm? And if they agree merely on the strength of my statement, which may be useful and compelling, hmm? it, 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 it may not be enough hmm? to, to make that person, if you will, hmm? in the full sense of the term, a guru. Hmm? Hmm? A guru means... That person to whom, with the right mentality, as I'm mentioning, hmm, with the, which is a sense of neediness, hmm, with some desperation, hmm, why am I? Hmm, what is the purpose of life? Hmm, I want to make a comprehensive solution. Hmm, and I, I don't want a band-aid solution. Hmm? Someone who is driven, like th with this, with this necessity to know, hmm? uh, will also know hmm? that in order to answer the question, help is required. Hmm? And with that kind of, I'm speaking just in very general and generic terms, with that type of disposition, hmm? It is said, Tasmad Gurum Prabhadita Jiknasu Shre Uttamam. This is from the Bhagavat, the subject in this section of the Bhagavat, the eleventh canto, third chapter is the, is Bhakti. And it is said, Tasmad, following from the previous verse and section, Tasmad Guru Prabhadita Jiknasu Shre Uttamam. Therefore, Jiknasu Shre Uttamam, for making inquiry into the Shre Uttama. Hmm. Shri Uttama means the the ultimate question, hmm. the ultimate uh, solution, answer, answer. Looking for the, the, the comprehensive answer: What is life? Why am I? What is death? Which is to answer: What is life? Hmm. Hmm. We have a sense of I. Hmm? It was very fragile. 
How fragile is it? It is as fragile as that which it's constructed out of. What is it constructed out of? Our conventional sense of I, that I am American, that I am African American, that I am Indian, that I'm a man, I'm a woman, that I'm old, that I'm young. See, it changes. I'm a daughter. I'm a mother. It's fragile in this sense. It's changing. I'm a daughter. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. They change in this way. But it's fragile in another way. It's fragile, as I say, in terms of what it's constructed out of. What is it constructed out of? What is the conventional I, ego, or identity, constructed out of? I like to say that it's constructed out of a very small word made of two letters. My. My. My city makes me a, for example, Chicagoan. Chicagoite? <laughs> Something like that. My country makes me an American or whatever may be the case. So we have a sense of my, hmm, of ownership, proprietorship. Hmm? And if we look at it carefully, our personality or our I, our identity, hmm, that is conventional, is constructed out of our sense of my. Our I is made out of our my. That's where it, what it's... As, the stuff of it. Hmm? So how fragile is that I? It's as fragile as our sense of my is real. And then the question comes, do, what do we own? Do we own anything? Hmm? Remember now, renting is not owning. Right? Hmm? Welcome. Welcome. Please come in. Make yourself comfortable. Renting is not owning. Hmm? So, time, as we know, it, uh, it waits for no man or woman. Right? So, all things must pass. So, our... Nothing belongs to us. This is an honest admission. Hmm? from a metaphysical point of view. Nothing belongs to us. So then how fragile is the identity, the I, that is constructed out of a sense of my, that is completely false? If nothing belongs to me, the I corresponds with our sense of my, our desires, hmm? our wants, even. This is part of our my. What I want to be mine. Hmm? What I think is mine. Hmm? What I think I am. I could be. Hmm? I wish I was. Hmm? Hmm? I kind of am. Hmm? I'm almost there, arriving at it. If I haven't got it, I'll pretend I'll put on that same guy's clothes or whatever, (laughs) as people do. So, (coughs) the point is, this conventional I 
is constructed out of something that is unreal. Nothing belongs to us. So the eye is very fragile. Do you follow me? It can it cannot endure. Ayurharati by Pumsam Udyanastan so do you follow? Ayurharati. And that is by by right? By Pumsam for everyone. Ayurharati by Pumsam Udyanastan so it's a very poetic way of illustrating the point from the Bhagavad. Ayurharati, the life of everyone, Harati, is being taken away with Udyanastan, with the rising and the setting of the sun. Hmm? Here's the language of the Bhagavad. With the rising and the setting of the sun, our life as we know it, our I, derived from our sense of my, is being taken away. Nothing you can do about it. Hmm? You can try. Hmm? And that's how pathetic it gets. <laughs> that rugged individualism and the effort to conquer nature, mm-hmm. to know the secrets of nature without loving nature. If you love someone, they'll tell you the secrets. So we are showcasing different mentalities in the context of speaking at the request of our host about Guru Tattva. Mm-hmm. Different mentalities. Hmm? The mentality that if you love someone, they will show you their secrets. Hmm? This would be very useful. Hmm? The mentality that, that that there's nothing to love, <laughs> for example, that love is a, love is an illusion. It's simply the firing of different uh, the, 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 the secretion of different hormones and and so forth. Hmm. You get the big physicalists about it, as I say. Uh, <coughs> naturalists. Hmm. Um, get to the real, real truth. Hmm. This is a very cruel, very mean kind of disposition. Hmm. This, will, this will not be useful. This will not, even if we meet a guru, hmm. again, real men don't ask questions. So we won't bother to ask there. This kind of mentality hmm, will not be um, useful. But if you love someone, I tell you the secret is a very different disposition. Hmm? If we were to approach nature, for example, with this in mind, hmm? Hmm. then arguably... What is the what is the big secret of nature? What is the real secret of nature? The secret of nature is that she has a soul and it's us. The world is made up of the subjective and objective components. And they are apparent, at least, interaction. How they interact. How does the subjective interact with the objective. Does consciousness move matter? Hmm? We cannot trace it out and measure it. Then the rugged individuals, as I'm speaking about them, will think then. Hmm? There cannot be two substances. There must be only one. Hmm? And their thought is that we know so much about the one, the objective. One little small part we haven't figured out. Consciousness. 
You can fit it in there. <laughs> we'll fit it in there somewhere. We'll find a place for it. Hmm? There's no place for it to be different. Hmm? If it's different, how will it? How will two things that are ontologically different touch one another and move one another, connect? Hmm? Of course, a lot of this is based on a certain idea of what what, what material nature is, is like. Hmm? Modern uh, humans, uh, in in the popular uh, sector of philosophy and science and thought and so forth, um, tend to think that we we really got a pretty good hand on on the world. It, it, it has been described for some time as as a machine. Hmm? The mechanistic world. We've got it so figured out that there's 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 no room for anything else to come in from outside. It's completely functioning unto itself as a machine. Sophisticated machine, sophisticated clock was the was the example. The world was predictable and uh, and uh, and and understandable. Some details we don't know, but I mean, basically it's a machine and and so forth. Hmm? This this idea is still very prominent in science and philosophy. Hmm? And philosophy today is so much tied to, to science. You can philosophize really without supporting your, your, your conjectures with evidence and data from the scientific uh, communities, of course. So, this uh, idea, um, for example, when we look at consciousness and we look in the brain and we're looking at it as a closed system, there's, there's no, there's, it's a foregone conclusion in such circles. It's just, it's just ridiculous to think that consciousness could be some other force outside would be influencing. There's no possibility for it. Everything's there. We just haven't quite found the right button. It says, I am... Uh, and, and the self, you know, appears and disappears as soon as you turn the button off and, and so forth. So, but the fact of the matter is, though, um, that this is this is a, this is a paradigm, if you will, on its way out. This mechanistic idea of the world has already been demonstrated. That it's not that it's, that it's false. But still, there's so much hanging on, clinging on to it. Um, obfus, obfus, uh, so much... Um, <coughs> because the implications of, of a, a quantum perspective are, are just, just like, we're becoming uneasy here. Let's just relegate it to the, to the subatomic level only. It can only function there. And, 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 and so... And so but it, but it, undeniably, it has, it has. If you if you study the history of science, it's just it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a fact. I mean, it's no one can deny that hmm, that the machine has become like pretty spacey. <laughs> uh, there are no hard objects out there, to speak. There's a famous uh, uh, book written that uh, years ago everybody in college read. I didn't because I didn't go to college, but 
some of you more educated people probably read it. Uh, it was called The Ghost in the Machine by Ryle. And what he meant by that is that the, the natural world, the objective world, is the machine. And the ghost is this idea of a, some kind of a soul floating around in there, an atma, consciousness that's, that's different from it, huh? haunting it, making it do things like a haunted house, spooky, so spooky, magical, so all the implications of the title. And the idea of the book was to exorcise the ghost from the machine and put forward a very compelling argument for physicalism, that the world is, there aren't two, there is not a subjective and objective realm, really. The subjective can be entirely reduced to the, to the objective and so forth. But, um, I was listening to uh, some time back, not too long ago, uh, Noam Chomsky, who made a very nice argument that um, what's really happened in the history of um, science, if we look at it carefully, is that the machine has been exercised. Hmm? The idea that the world is a machine is just that that is has been deconstructed and we're starting over. What is it exactly? Hmm? How does consciousness move matter? Well, let's find out what matter is first. Exactly. It's more consciousness-like. Therefore, you find a rise in some sectors of scientifically educated people and uh, thinkers of a kind of a new idealism. Hmm? The opposite end of the spectrum. Monistic idealism. There is no matter. There's only ideas, only consciousness. A very Advaitin, neo-Advaitin kind of idea, as opposed to there's only matter. Hmm? These are two extremes that I find unreasonable. Hmm? Hmm. Rather, a kind of an interactive, uh, some type of interactive, uh, complementary uh, dualism. Hmm? is what the Bhagwat advocates. Hmm? Oh, it says. They're not that different. They're both, you know, they're not entirely different. They're both Shaktis. Matter and Jiva. They're both Shaktis. They're both underlying parts, aspects of, 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 a, of a one, one reality. Hmm? So they're not that entirely different that they might not, that would preclude their influencing one another, will make it difficult. Hmm? Uh, so, to move in the direction of these kind of ideas put forward by the Bible, they're very, very, it's just very reasonable. Hmm? And it, but it requires a very different mentality. My Guru Maharaj very much tried to change the mentality of the students, sometimes in some very... Um, uh, unpolished ways, hmm? with very strong language and so forth, um, seeking to, you know, to break our our faith, for example, in in, um, in 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 empiricism, hmm? which is, of course, obviously something that cannot be empirically 
uh, proven to be all what it says itself says it's, it, it, it makes itself out to be hmm? a way of knowing comprehensible. So he was. Uh, this is. A, I'm doing a similar speaking in a similar way in, a, in more contemporary uh, terms. Follow me. Hmm? Um, it's a, and this is the business of the guru to, to change at the core our, our whole uh, orientation to life and how much we are we, we, and the problem here is how much we may have identified with a theology and a philosophy hmm? that we can laugh when we make certain points and nod our heads and go yes hmm? I'm with that and how much in reality in our practical everyday life we are still influenced by the kind of thinking that we're laughing at that inhibits us from, from the type of uh, culture, mentality, disposition that will afford us real experience of what we're talking about. And this is, this is the real experience. We, we, we have to get at, at least close enough to this hmm? But when you're getting close to someone who has this experience, this is the idea of the group. Hmm? To, to approach and ask the kind of questions that are ultimate. Shreya hmm? Uttamam. Shabde Tasmad Guru Prapadyeta. To prostrate oneself means, means to acknowledge that the questions are large. Hmm? And I feel, I sense, there's more to life than what meets the eye and the mind. Hmm? And I kind of live my life like that, looking for more. Hmm? I feel like I could do anything. At least I used to. Hmm? And sometimes I still do. Hmm? This is the human condition. This is why we try to do everything that every other species does. Hmm? Every species is limited in what they may do in terms of the birds may fly high in the sky, fish may swim deep in the ocean. Hmm? Some can run fast across the prairies and so on and so forth. But they don't they don't think to try what you know the other guy's doing. Right? Birds don't think to check out the bottom of the ocean. Is there a way that we could, you know, work with these wings in such a way that we could we can turn into sails, maybe, you know, and, or, you know, obviously, it's just, you know, but we think like that, so what's wrong with us? <laughs> mm-hmm. We try to do all those things, submarines um, and, and jet planes and so on and so forth. We're trying to do everything that every species can because we feel that we could do everything. So why? Because in human life we're feeling what we are just slightly in the form of the questions of why, purpose, and the value that we posit on matter, give it meaning, which otherwise it doesn't have, it doesn't matter. We are meaning. We are a unit of meaning and value. Matter only matters if it matters to us. So we'd like to relate. This is coming to the fore in human life. This consciousness, is, this is a different vehicle than the less complex forms of life. And it's affording us the question why 
which retires the how questions, retires them. They can be forgotten about. And again, you don't have to answer them. Nature is automatically answering them. Provides every species of life how to eat, how to sleep. Why questions? We should be preoccupied with. We are to some extent. We have activated active intelligence that should not make an unholy alliance with the mind and the senses for their for their animal purposes. Hmm? No. Hmm? Otherwise then, what is the difference between us and the animals? Whether or not we become the most dangerous of them. Hmm? In other words, the senses in the mind, they will, this is the call of the wild, if you will. Hmm? If it feels good, then we do it. Hmm? But there's to be a voice of intelligence that, that says it may feel good us, but don't do it, Dossie. If instead the intelligence becomes corrupted, makes an unholy alliance with the mind and the senses, and then says, cool, let's figure out how we can do it. Hmm? It feels good, I should do it. Let's figure out how we can do it. This is, this is the corruption of the intellect. Hmm? Unholy alliance. It's meant to civilize us. Hmm? And with reason, lead us to the, to the idea, the profound idea that we have a prospect in life that lies beyond what we can gather from the senses, where we can fill these few holes in the body up with. Hmm? There's a greater prospect. Reason should lead us to that and to the fact that it in of itself hmm, is an insufficient instrument hmm, to arrive at that, hmm, that it itself must be transcended, reason. Hmm. It's not to be placed on the altar, hmm, but to assist us in bowing down. Hmm. We shall use the head, only soften the heart. Hmm. Hmm and to learn to love. The guru must speak these two languages, the language of reason and the language of love. He has to translate the language of love into the language of reason. Therefore, when we approach the guru, tasmad guru prapadyeta jignasu shreya uttaman, with the right mentality, as I'm saying, with some need, big need, a huge need, this is the strength because our need is is overwhelming hmm? we don't understand but our need is overwhelming hmm? Hmm? every day it gets bigger our need gets bigger beautiful sun is rising setting rising isn't it beautiful hmm? it's killing me <laughs> Well, one, you should think about the beautiful poem. The, the meaning is, is deep, rich. What to do about that? Each day becomes more important. Each day it increases. Make a solution to this problem. The problem is huge. Who can think like this? As some progressive sucker can think like this. 
the prospect of living in a world that doesn't endure, that doesn't fit well with one. Hmm? It's disturbing. Hmm? With this urgent sense of urgency, we make a significant inquiry and with, with a particular disposition. Hmm? This, this will be fruitful. If we can repose such inquiry before, Shabde pare chanishnapam Brahmani upashamashram Shabde pare means means that he or she, the guru, has to speak the language of reason and logic. Shabde pare. You understand? And Shabde pare chanishnapam very well. You have to speak philosophy very well. Hmm? He has to know what is the shabda. She has to know what is what is the what is the what is the the, the what is the how to find one's way in the jungle of sounds that that constitute re- revelation. Om tat satatvamasi. Etinati Aham Pramasmi Tattvamasi Right? Why? This is jungle of sounds. Hmm? And jungle means they seem to be pointing in different directions and, and what do you make out of that revelation? Hmm? I'm speaking, of course, about the great Eastern revelation of the Upanishads. This is the earliest form of revelation in human society. Hmm? Earlier than the Old Testament, for example. Hmm? The word Upanishad means Upanishad. Upa. Upa. Be near. Come hmm? near means. I might tell you something special, a secret. I might whisper in your ear something. Kind of different kind of knowledge and knowing that, that most people are interested. Most people are interested in knowing how to eat, how to sleep. Hmm? How to gratify the tongue, how to protect myself. Hmm? They started out asking why when they were children. Daddy, why did I... Don't ask that question. Real adults are those who never stop becoming children and continue to ask why. Don't stop asking why unless we get the comprehensive answers, which evidence for which we do when it comes to And I don't mean you get a head full of answers. Now I know the answers. I just carry on with my life. I wanted to know the meaning of life. Then I found out, so I just got on with my life. <laughs> That's not what it would That will not work. No. This revelation, Eastern revelation, the Upanishads, this jungle of sounds, to make sense out of that, that is Shabde Parecha Nishnatam. Nishnatam 
make sense out of all of that. And that is an ongoing affair. Hmm? Because the revelation has spoken, we will make sense out of it. And we will make sense out of it in relation to the thought, the currents, the patterns of the time. Hmm? How people will react to the revelation, ignore the revelation, misunderstand the revelation, misrepresent the revelation. Someone can sort all this out according to the time and the place. And the this is Nishnapan. And it's with great expertise, Shabde Pare, Nishnapan. This means what we call Shastra Yukti. Shastra Yukti. We have Shastra, that means sacred text, and then there's Yukti. Yukti means to reason about the meaning the implications and how that may play out in different time and different place and how one may apply oneself in such a way as to realize the, the principles of revelation by different details and so forth. All this is very dynamic. This, this, is, this, is, this is the work of an active agent, if you will, of divinity, as opposed to the passive agent that revelation constitutes. You understand? The book cannot ask you. So do you understand? That's why we like the book sometimes. <laughs> More than the guru. <laughs> but the guru, she can say, so do you understand? Yes, yes. Let me hear. What have you understood? Then, then we will necessity is, is revealed. Hmm? 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 So to sort all this out and then to to to, to and to sort that out, to do Shastra Yukti, to reason about the this is the ultimate Praman. In Gaudiya lineage we say the Praman, the evidence, is, is the Shastra. But as Jiva Goswami has explained, citing the Purushottam Tantra in his um, Sarasamvadini, hmm? the Shastra Yukti trumps the Shastra as a Praman, as evidence. Hmm? The combination of the, the, the passive agent of divinity, the text, the word, and the agent, hmm? the active agent, that that plays out uh, the meaning of the word hmm? and brings it home to you. Hmm? When he spoke, it hit home. Hmm? And if you're listening at the right disposition, as I can, in the right person, then you'll say, that hit home. Hmm? Then you have to go home. Then you have to make that you know that's true and oh I have to make that part of my mind hmm? this is how we should hear and that, that was true he said that that's true then I have to do that hmm? 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 it's a heavy setting here hmm? it's a, yeah. it needs some weight right? you're blowing in the wind and the answer, my friend, will not be found there. <laughs> Although I like the song. The one sense it is. Of course, nature is also speaking. You can't answer the question, but you can point us 
where we can find the answer. Okay. in that direction. This is the piece of the shakti of Bhagavan. Even giving, pointing us with a pitchfork in the right direction. Poking us in the right direction. Get help. Get help. We need help. Get help. Look over there. Environment is pushing of nature. The pushing back of nature is telling you, don't push it. You're pushing in the wrong direction. That's why I'm pushing back. Stop pushing. Stop the self-asserting yourself. You're weak. Feel it. Now, acknowledge it and then become strong. Ask questions. We approach with the right mentality, the right person. And that right person in the beginning is the first qualification. He or she must must speak the language of logic and reason. But it's not just reason and logic, but not cable yukti, un- unharnessed, unbridled reason. This is a whole Western enterprise of philosophy. Hmm? To unhinge itself from revelation and let the mind think. Hmm? and just masturbate itself into what maybe I don't exist. Uh, these kind of conclusions, hmm? <laughs> for example. <coughs> hmm? This is, an, this is a, um, an industry, a, a well that has run, run dry. Hmm? Empty, empty, dry in terms of any capacity to fulfill humans and society and give it meaning. We are not in competition with modern science. Hmm? The Bhagavad is not in competition with modern science. Its agent is not in competition with modern science. Tit for tat as to what the nature of the world is. Hmm? It's looking at it, the Bhagavad, in an entirely different way. With a entirely different purpose in mind. We're only in competition in terms of which pursuit is more fulfilling, brings more meaning, greater prospect, or the kind of happiness that will enable you to be able to get along with others. If you're happy, then it makes it easier, doesn't it? How will you be happy when the suffering of others becomes your own? There are superficial differences in the eye. Many eyes made out of many false minds is dissolved. Hmm? Is dissolved. Hmm? But we all, we all live on the common ground. Hmm? We're all from the same soil. Made of the same stuff. Hmm? And 
Nobody's going anywhere. We have to get used to one another. If consciousness is not reducible to matter, that means it's not confined like all forms of matter by time and space. And it has no beginning, it has no end. We are of that nature. It's comforting. Think about it. Think about the common ground, to experience kind of a unitary, to dissolve the differences that arise out of the the material ego, the conventional ego, is is to find that we are so much alike, we are completely alike, we are completely alike, completely. We are different units of exact same substance. What makes us different here, or apparently so, is an environment that's provided that enables us to make choices which we have the potential to do, and thus for, and therefore, differences. And because will is what it is. It's free. Two wills given the same choice will not necessarily make the same choice because you cannot predict that. There's the nature of will. So individuality has been created. Now we do away with this individuality. Mm -hmm. This is the beginning of spiritual life. The guru has to have some acquaintance with this. He or she, as I said, has to speak the language of logic and reason. Has to be able to take the scriptural argument and really deliver it. And be able to reason about it. In order to be able to reason about it and land on one's feet, extend the meaning, the argument, bring it home, that person has to have some ruchi. That means that has to have some taste. Taste means has to speak the language of love. I said two languages have to be spoken. And the love language has to be translated into reason. This is the task of the guru. To translate it, and it's because we are speaking, hopefully, the language of reason. I speak to you, you listen to me with your heads, cautiously, cautiously. Maybe you let something go in, maybe not. If I have enough love, then I can retire that. I can arrest you. Or, or intellectual guard, hmm? and just go and put good feelings in your heart. <laughs> Love you. Hmm? Hmm? <coughs> that give you an unmediated experience of love. This is the task. My hero is an expert at this. Stop this from thinking. Sometimes you think, well, there's a problem now, but <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Give us something to think about, to think with some, obviously, hopefully some engagement by which you get some taste such that you can think in an ongoing way about what this is about. 
of this culture of guru universalism that really goes, how it applies, why it's alive and well. Mm-hmm. And as important as ever, more so. Mm-hmm. So in order to speak the language of logic, he or she has to speak the language of logic. That must have some taste. Mm-hmm. That means the text here I'm citing from Bob is very nice because it's speaking about external, visible, observable qualifications of the guru. Mm-hmm. That he or she must shabde parechanishnapam, the expert mm-hmm. in understanding and relating, explaining, reiterating the scriptural argument. That's what we're doing tonight. I'm not expert. That's what we're trying to do. Hmm? I'm not trying, just trying to cite so many verses and, and, and give you something you've heard a thousand and eight times. Hmm? And make you think about it in different ways. Hmm? In relation to contemporary thought, so hmm? Make it more relevant. Hmm? The external symptoms are two. She knows, he knows, the scriptural argument. Knows means, the implication has some feeling for that, has felt it, and knows it, and now tries to speak about the ineffable. That which transcends speech, that which transcends reason. Hmm? What to do? Problem. How will I speak? How can I speak about it? What can I say? How can we explain it? Hmm? Keep trying and trying. Again, making the argument from Biblical and trying to convey. And what we get in that company is somebody seems to know something that seems like it's worth knowing. I don't know what it is either. Hmm? But I want to catch that. Gradually, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you, you can also start to reason and, and kind of go with the, the logical argument, but it's, it's something more than that. Mm-hmm. Means Brahmani, Shabdei Pratyanishnatam, Brahmani, Upashamashrayam. Upash is very practical. Upashamashrayam. Upashama. Upashama. Means be peaceful. Means no greed. There isn't about greed. People say, what is enlightenment? And the Bhagavad gives a very practical idea here. No greed, no 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 anger, no loss. This is Upashama. 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 Hmm? Ashraya. That person because they have they are out of the storm. How are they out of the storm? What do you do when it rains? Hmm? That's one thing. So who will you take shelter of? Someone who has learned to dance in the rain. Hmm? That, that, that kind of person. Hmm? Who has learned to make problems, solutions, make faults, ornaments. Hmm? Understand? Receive nothing but opportunity for service. You can take shelter of someone who has learned to dance in the rain so that we can learn to dance in the rain and not live our life in the umbrella. Hmm? <coughs> rain comes from sun. Rain is sun. It's a sunny day. That's a fact. Hmm? 
you can see in the rain, the sun. These kinds of people. They're practically, you see, this is mystical experience, which is varied, and relative to approach. Brahmati, Paramatmati, Brahmati, Shalita, Father says. The different approaches. The experience will be nuanced. We have a particular approach. We have to get to that. That's called Krishna consciousness. We've only been giving a preface to that so far. Important one. Who has risen above? Who's out of the storm, so to speak? Storm cannot affect them. That person can do shelter from the storms. They're alive. This is very practical. People want to know what is enlightenment. Yeah. It is like this. Let us explain. What can you say about it? You can say what it's not. It has no greed. It has no lust. It has no anger. It's very practical. Are these not the things? Are these not desirable qualities? Does that everybody, every human being, on some level agree these are desirable qualities? On some level. Is not everyone striving for these things in one way or another to be the, 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 the boy become a man in Kipling's If, his famous poem. Hmm? This is Upashama. Hmm? Upashama. Hmm? If, I don't know if you know the poem, it could be like this. Hmm? If you could hmm? walk among kings and not lose touch with the common. Hmm? And he gives all of these two sides, hmm? the dualities, rising above them. Hmm? Very beautiful. Hmm? If you can do all these things, so then you become a man. Then you become a sadhu. Then you become more than human. Impossible. But it's what every human wants. Thinks is ideal. But then we think it is impossible. Hmm? And those who have obtained it, we hide them in a cave somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or they hide because nobody can. No, no, it happened. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Can't be true. I couldn't do it, so it can't be true. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out ways to, to, to dismiss it. Mm-hmm. It's too hard. It's too high of an ideal. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but the Bhagavad said very practically, this kind of person, mm-hmm. we should take shelter of. This kind of person. These are external, observable symptoms that arguably mm, demonstrate objectively mm, the worthiness of such a person in terms of being a shelter and, 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 and qualified to answer the real, important, the difficult, the why questions. Mm? If that person, the point is, 
that person has, has answered, what is death? Death is, death is, is an involvement with, with, with the psychological experience of death and the biological side of it. What this is about, really, is my attachment to things that I can't take with me, which is problematic. Hmm? Death is a problem. Because I, I want things, and again, my want of things has created an I, a me, and it's disappearing. That's a problem. Hmm? You don't want anything. I'm a kitchen giant you have arguably solved, psychologically speaking, the death problem, while the biological uh, uh, function of the organism will come to an end. Hmm? You don't. You have not. You don't. was naked. It means he didn't identify with that. He didn't know whether he was dressed or not. He was living <coughs> in the subjective world. You understand? Hmm? This, it, this is this, this, this book, the Bhagavatam, about what to do about the time of death. This is what the book's about. Sukadev's hmm? got the answers. Hmm? He solved the death problem. It's visible. In other words, I'm saying these are objective, observable um, um, qualities. Let's say this person is worthy. Yeah, he can give the answers. In the assembly at the Ganga, and the Raj was asking what to do, what is death. Then when he came, everyone stood up and knows the answers. He knows the answers. Get close to him. So he reasoned and spoke, translated his love. Hmm? That is, this is the un- invisible. Hmm? There are the visible symptoms. She knows, he knows the argument of revelation very well. Hmm? Not just memorizing some verses. But, hmm. He could give answers like Prabhupada. Hmm. What happens after you eat in the spiritual world? And he would answer, Why don't you go there and find out? Those are kind of answers. Okay. Some kind of natural spiritual logic that, that, that immediately catches the mind of the conventional ego, mm. makes it out to be as foolish as it is. Mm. When it thinks it's asking such a profound question. And gotcha. What happens then? I mean, they have bathrooms up there. <laughs> <laughs> a fellow asked me, is there any look around like this? Swami, is there any real sex life in the spiritual world? I mean, no real sex life. I said, no, you don't understand. There's no real sex life here. But beyond the external symptoms, which are compelling, hmm, there's internal subjective reporting that comes also. What is the reporting on the part of the mystic? I have the experience we are all the same stuff. Hmm? All the differences dissolved. Hmm? 
because all the differences dissolved, then I had a complete identification with everyone else. Hmm? Their sorrows became mine. It was complete. I could love my neighbor like myself. Hmm? Really, I could. Hmm? Kind of universal uh, compassion. Is this not desire? Hmm? And a feeling like this. Hmm? Experience like this. Hmm? They go there. They experience this. And they come back. They can talk about it. They cannot say enough about it. What can be said about it? It is inevitable. What can I reason? It's beyond thought. Still, I'm impressed. I have a reason. I have a, I have a voice. It should be used for this. Hmm? To try to do justice to that experience. What is it? Hmm? And this experience of unitary, if you will, consciousness, our oneness with one another, hmm? this is, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, this is, this is just a beginning. What is the, what, what prospect there is in a subjective world? Hmm? That experience I'm speaking about hmm, is a very peaceful experience. It's the end. Hmm? One realizes, with regard to the struggle for existence, I've won. And I'm humbled by it. That's very different. I won. And I'm humbled by it. Hmm? It's over. Shanti, Shanti. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says that peace is the what we want. Peace and love. We didn't know that the death of the both of those fingers now. Right? Peace and love. Okay? Peace and love. Mm-hmm. First make peace, then love. <coughs> if there's war, first you gotta make peace. This is called Chaitya Dharpan Marjana. Fellow asked me, what's wrong with What about the fact that they are multi-corporations and they are doing this and they are doing that and they are doing this and they are doing that? I'm giving a talk like this. What about they are doing this, they are doing that? I said, you know who the day is. You are the day. That is your understanding. You are the day. As long as you are identified with the body-mind complex, being it to be yourself, you're a taker. You're an exploiter. The heart is not clean. You're a Cleansing of the heart. This is the beginning. On the beginning. And then when the peace arrived at in the context of culturing love, this is our approach. We don't first try to get peace and then we try something for love. We try to get love. We try to love, I should say. 
And this is an important thing. We try to love. We try to learn to love. How do you learn to love? Well, if you associate with someone who's a lover, then you can kind of like get some idea. Imitate do the same things. Maybe it'll happen to you. Something like that. But we try to learn how to love. If you love someone, then you serve that person. Okay. Now, there's a big difference in learning how to love and wanting to know how to love and wanting to be loved. These are worlds apart. You should understand that. Don't approach the Guru to be loved. Don't approach Krishna to be loved. That puts you in the center. Approach Krishna because you heard Krishna is lovable. You met some that loved Krishna, and you found them lovable, also attractive, interesting, compelling, contagious. Hmm? And you want to be like that. You want to stop taking. Hmm? And of course, the secret and the beauty is, when you have to love, then you will be loved. Hmm? You will be loved when you love. Hmm? You can. And in the end, what do they say? The love you take is equal to the love you make. Love means serving. Wanting to be loved, this is the opposite idea. Or, if you want to be loved, that's okay. This is how. To love. And it pays you a lot of capacity in the right place. This is Krishna, so he's just trying to gauge it how much it had been paid. Times that I have prepared it had been done. Try me. I am Rasiraj. However you love, I can I can reciprocate. I'm the center. And if you should be so loving that I can't reciprocate, then I love you forever. Then I'll take birth once in every day of Brahma and make the motives for you. Then when you'll be in Radha's camp, I'm going to make the motives for Radha. I'll become a sadhu. I'll give up my flute and carry a stand. I dedicate myself to you forever. I'll come once every day of Brahma. Mm. Broadcast. What are the qualities of their love? Mm. It has outshined my own capacity to reciprocate the kind. If you understand Krishna properly, you understand. Love, this way to find love. Mm. Find love and giving love. Mm. So beyond the unitary experience of peace, Brody Vaishnavism wants to speak about love. From a still position to a moving position, Brahman is everywhere, and if you're everywhere, then you cannot move. Right? Where are you going to go? 
you're already there. So this is Bremen. Peaceful, still. One face of, of the Godhead. Still, peaceful. Okay. But Krishna is, is Brahman moving. Brahman moving. But dancing. Not only, not only moving and dancing, but running on empty. This is Krishna. Running on empty. How can Brahman be empty? Material life means we're running on empty. And you're trying to fill, but there's a hole in, in the tank. <laughs> and you never, you never get fulfilled. God is full. Now you're saying God is running on empty. See, it becomes very complicated if you go further. As we enter the subjective world, everything gets turned upside down. All things possible. And suddenly, the Brahman that we first experienced, we identify ourselves with, that made us peaceful, we came out of the storm, right? We're still peaceful. Suddenly now, we're moving, dancing, and running on empty. And he's chasing after the he's making a move, getting back to you. It says, Ami Shishu Guru Mata, Radikar Premer Mata. I am the disciple. This is Krishna. You've heard Krishna is the Guru. That's true. But Krishna himself says, You want to know the truth? Get close. I'm a disciple. I'm a student. What is speak of us? We, want, we are here to make gurus, not students. Who will be the gurus? The best students. You have to be a student. The best student will be the, will be the guru. Hmm? The guru is always a student. Only some people look from one side in the future. He, she looks up, sees I am a student, looks down, sees so many people are teaching me, helping me. Hmm? Guru is a student. See, this is, these are contradictory things. Hmm? Like love, I said. Love means two becoming one and remaining two. How is it possible? Giving is receiving. How is it possible? That does not make sense. Hmm? Guru is the disciple. What is that? What are you talking about? Hmm? Disciple is the guru. Wait a minute. Hmm? This means life, reality, transcend reason. This is Veda Ved. Radha Krishna Pranay, Vichyabhini Shakti Rasmad. Ekatmanovati Dhipuri Dehaan Dhirokatehta. Chaitanya Tam Patakar Maranatka Dayam Chaikam Aptam Radha Bhavi Dhiti Subhali Dhamyayana Krishna. One becomes two. Radha Krishna Pranay. Krishna, the, the love of Krishna transforms and takes a shape as Radha. And once that happens, Krishna's never the same again. Of course, it doesn't happen in time. Hmm? One becomes two. And one is chasing after the other. Hmm? He's now running on empty. Hmm? Krishna wants, he, he says, I am a student, 
and the dancing of Radha is my guru. Her love drives me mad. He is picking the clover. He loves me. He loves me now. He loves me. And Subal says, Radhe, into his right ear. Chanting the name of Radha. And he goes, Oh, she's here. In this position, Bodhika becomes so accessible, needy, accessible. He is the man who has everything, except for one thing. His heart has been stolen by God. Oh, it is the man without his heart. What will we do? We will give him our heart. It's the only thing he needs. You give him your heart. And in the heart of every devotee, there's a little Radha, a little Ladini. This is Radha Dasin. Standard idea. These things now we're talking about, these are the experiences of the Guru. These things cannot be objectively uh, verified and demonstrated, right? But then again, speaking of them philosophically, what are we saying? The internal experience of one has gone to the other side, and in a systematic way, by a consistent practice, not just a glimpse, an opening, it could happen to anyone, change their life forever. For example, hmm? but in a systematic way, and with a particular approach, with a view to experience a particular aspect, a facet of the absolute, hmm? it's, it's inclusive, no matter what the approach is, in the undifferentiated experience, that the non-difference we're talking about, and the peace and so forth. Hmm? It's all into ego effacing, it's all into What is the person's experience? Hmm? We call a mystic, a guru. Must be an experiencer. Hmm? He experiences, she experiences, I am eternal. Well, can we verify that? Well, what they are experiencing is that they are consciousness. They have separated themselves from matter for all intents and purposes, and that's observable to us because the demands of the body and mind are not drawing on them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not human. They may look like a human, but that's not human. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> they say it like that. Mm-hmm. So, so, in a practical sense, they've shown mm-hmm. there's a difference between myself and the brain-mind, brain-body complex. Mm-hmm. And I'm not reducible to that by any stretch of the imagination. And I experience... My experience is that I'm eternal, that I exist. Hmm? Okay, how can we verify that? Well, 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 wait a minute. It's only because we have consciousness that we feel we exist anyway. So to say that I exist is not a stretch. That I experienced what we all feel, which without consciousness we wouldn't. Hmm? Understand? Because I am conscious, I feel that I exist. 
so to say, I experienced consciousness independent of matter, what was it like? It was sought. It was like I existed, and really. Hmm? Not just in theory, but really. That I really do exist. Hmm? And nothing will ever change that. That's what I experienced. Oh, well, what would we expect? Yes, that makes sense. Hmm? And your actions are some, give some, uh, make that claim credible. Hmm? What else did you experience when you went there? Hmm? And you stopped trying to go in the world. <laughs> That's what you're busy with. Trying to change the scene, of course. You're trying to, you're trying to be. You're trying to be to know. You're trying to love. If you don't know, you're a unit of being, knowing and loving. So besides being, sought, I experienced chit. Was that I experienced knowing? kind of noetic, um, you know, a kind of knowing, a kind of knowing that, that it is different than any other kind of knowing, okay? a kind of knowing that was comprehensive, knowing, knowing that everything is all right, okay? everything's the way it's supposed to be. I live my life trying to change everything, except myself. make everybody fit inside of my mind, even though it's uncomfortable for me. I came out of my mind, I climbed out of my mind. I was dragged out of my mind by my guru, and I found that I know, without thinking, in a way that thinking could never possibly allow me to know. I know in a way that is unexplainable. Again, this isn't a stretch, but we would expect them to say such a thing because consciousness is, is the knowing element hmm, of our existence. Without consciousness, we don't know anything. Hmm? In fact, the fact that we are conscious is the only thing we really know. We don't know anything else. And that's subjective, so so much for the necessity for objective knowing. We know that we exist. Everything else is unsure. And the fact that we know that we exist cannot be demonstrated objectively to anyone else. So when we go to the other side, so to speak, if you will, if when, we, when we realize the self, consciousness, what is it like? Unfettered by the mind, it's, a, it's luminous, it's, it's noetic, it's a kind of knowing. It just is, 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 is entirely different than what we think of as knowing. It's not information, it's knowing. What else? It's also loving. I experience loving. Sat, chit, ananda. Is it a stretch then? When in, when in reality, only beings constitute consciousness can love. Mm. Love is value and positive value and meaning and all these things. Mm. 
So I, I experienced consciousness, and it was being, knowing, and loving. That's what it should be. I mean, that's what it is here, but it's, but it's kind of shrouded or uh, cluttered, filtered, uh, frustrated, hampered, hmm? trying to be what it is without out looking outside into matter, without looking within. I went within and I found that I am soft, I am chip, and I am ananda. And because my approach to all of this was one in pursuit of love in the first place, of loving, I realized I have the capacity to love. I exist and I know. And now there's a purpose to my existing in the world. It's the loving. That's what gives you the most satisfaction. When I give, I actually feel the best. Materialistic. When I give, I feel better. I feel bigger. And so I thought, I must be a unit of enduring, knowing, that has the capacity to love. So I pursued in that way, that is bhakti, that is the bhakti approach. I thought I could exist and know, and I could love to exist, or I could exist to love. I chose the idea of existing to love, rather than loving to exist. I chose bhakti over jnana. That is the meaning. I chose Bhagwan over Brahman. Because I pursued loving, the loving component of myself, the ananda of myself. I came in touch with a significant other. In other words, because of my approach, I could experience not only Atmananda, the love of the self, the bliss of the self, or more Brahmananda, similar, but bhakti ananda. Hmm? Understand? Hmm? In other words, for love to be fully played out, another is required. That other cannot come from the, from the objective world. That we already left behind. There must be a, another hmm? in the subjective realm, a significant other, hmm? in whom I can repose my capacity to love my ananda. Hmm? And who, loving me, will increase my capacity to love. That we call bhakti ananda. That we call salup shakti ananda. That we call labhini. That we call praying bhakti. So I, I, I experienced that other. We call Krishna. talk to people about that. How will you explain that? This is the business of the guru in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. This is this is Shabde Purechanishnatam Brahmani Upashanashvara. These are a few words about Shibdevashnavita and Karati Jai. Any question? Talk to you on time, isn't it? What is the time? Well, it's nice to sit with all of you. We've been a very attentive audience, and uh, 
FPS. Ragnarokubaki Chetan Mahaprabhu is taking you there. There is no other, there's no other place to go. And that is where he is taking everybody. Uh, how, how you go there? Yes, Ragnarokubaki means to follow the bhakti of Vrindavan. Is that what you're interested in? Yeah. Yeah. And how you became interested in that? Because you came in touch with Gaudiya Vaishnavism. That's what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is about. Hmm? So, Rag Bhakti means to follow the way in which the people of Vrindavan love Krishna. How do they love Krishna? They don't say, Krishna is here and I'm here and I will worship him. They don't say that. Though. This gap is bridged in love. The worshiper and the worshipped become one. Still, we learn something about Vaidhi Bhakti. Why? Why? Why do we learn about Vaidhi Bhakti if we want to follow Ragmarg? Because you have to know Vaidhi Bhakti very well. Because if you go to Vrindavan, you have to do Vaidhi Bhakti. What? I thought Maharaji said you do Raghunath Bhakti there. No. If you go to Vrindavan Leela, you have to be a very good Vaidhi Bhakta. Hmm? Nanda Maharaj, every morning, is worshipping Nishinda, Shaligram, Narayana, hmm? his Vaidhi Bhakti. Everybody in the Braj is doing Vaidhi Bhakti. Not too good at it. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> he's offering Arctic, but his mind is somewhere else. His mind has gone to Krishna. Hmm? You see? Practice Rag Bhakti, but Rag Bhakti love, so it's hard to practice love. So, and Rag Bhakti is driven by taste. Still, because we come in touch with people who have taste for that, we have interest in that, and we have no interest in another kind of idea hmm? by that association. Still, we are not, our love is not, and our pursuit is not driven by taste. Hmm? So, therefore, we do the things by which taste will come and we hold that as our objective. We are called Ajata Ruchi Raghunuga Bhakti. Who okay. practices Rag Bhakti but doesn't have taste yet. So all of the elements, all of what constitutes the practice of Rag Bhakti proper can only be put in place proportionate to one's eligibility for Bhakti which is derived from taste. Hmm? So as the taste comes, then hmm, also naturally the implication is taste for other things goes away. Hmm, and eventually, by practicing properly with the sadhaka deha, the practitioner's body, hmm, then you become qualified to also practice with a, with a siddha deha, an internal uh, spiritual body. Hmm, more for higher stages of, of sadhana bhakti, like in ruchi, stages of asakti, ruchi, and then in bhava-bhakti that becomes the whole practice. So before that, then we have this as our ideal, attach hmm? ourselves to ragnuga-bhaktas, hmm? and hear, chant, and as effectively as we can do so, and we meditate. Follow?
Got it? You know, that is the way. Yes. <laughs> Did you record it? Very uh, good. <laughs> oh, that's a big topic. No, I was just saying you have. He has a recording, so he will give you a recording. How's that? You get the recording. All you can get it for free online tomorrow. Over there. We can tell, show you that you are there. We've got about a thousand other such talks that go over the same issues in different angles. Yes. Has it been helpful to hear this talk in that regard? Some that you go away thinking of for a few minutes anyway. This is important stuff. Right? So that is the answer. You have to have the association. So you, you have to you you, you you may not have the capacity to fully appreciate you know, and the necessity, the necessity that is required for for seeing the solution. In other words, necessity is another dimension. Richard Maharaj's necessity caused Sukadeva to come on the scene and, and gave him the ability to recognize him and take advantage of him to the extent that he fasted for seven days and nights from food and drink and just, you know, the story goes, just listen to him. Because he thought, I've only got seven days to live, just like us, as I sometimes said. We've got Sunday, we've got Monday, we've got Tuesday, we've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and that's it. One of those days we will die. So, despite the fact that our own necessity is lacking, the value of sadhu sangha is such, if we take advantage of it, our necessity will increase. 
-hmm. Getting in touch with somebody that has a necessity. Mm -hmm. That's very, very, very driven. Mm -hmm. Necessity driven, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so it's contagious. So it's true that I'll, we may come on, you know, well, maybe I'll go. I don't, you know, okay, so, so Swamini is coming, she's going to be you know, speaking at the place. And, all right, that's, you know, is, that, is, is, is Dasi going to be there? Uh, okay, I'll go too. You know. So we haven't gotten a lot of necessity, but it's a formal thing. You're supposed to do it. He's coming to town. He's coming to town. And, okay, give, give him the time. And haven't seen him in a while, whatever. You know. And uh, it's going to be at Gopa's house, and he cooks Cuban style. It's really good. You know, so, hello. <laughs> so for different reasons we may come, but are less than, you know, essential reasons. But if it, it's a, a, a real sadhu can, can create a necessity in us, out of nothing, mm -hmm. or if some necessity is there and it's dormant, and bring it to the fore. Mm -hmm. And suddenly we find, wow, I'm glad I went there. That was, like, different. And... Uh, so forth, and I, I even forgot about eating. This was going on, and you know, that kind of thing. So, even though I went for the free meal or whatever, so that is the answer to your question. I mean, despite our inability to recognize the sadhu, the sadhu can can qualify us, so to speak, by association, hmm? by way of generating necessity within us. That we may be able to perceive. Um, more so, take advantage. So, still didn't say, well, that's fine, but, you know, not too many Saudis come to Chicago or something like that, or that may be the case, but then, then move. I mean, or something. Yeah. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> um, you know, so, I mean, it's a modern times, and so we, you know, we, we, we try, like, for an hour, Sango, we, I'm pretty central to our sangha, so I'm very helpful. The boys, my students, find helpful, so the talks are recorded and made available. They're listening to them all the time, you know, and talking about them with one another, and in this way, they, they keep, it's always different, too. Talks are always different, and you know, some of the same points, but in different ways, and they keep connected like this. And then they share with one another. What did you hear that one? Talk about that and this and that. And, and, and this way they, they keep vital. Hmm? Now, I, that was my experience with my Guru Maharaj, that he was publishing a, like a 400-page book every month with people with, you know, they had four heads, eight heads, ten arms, fifteen arms, two arms, playing a flute, and that can knock you out. So, uh, capture your heart. And, and, and so he had... He, because he was qualified, hmm? he was bringing out you know, volume after volume all the siksha, hmm? the diksha, and he's being nourished by that, hmm? and, and, act, and, and activated in such a way that it can actually reach its fruition. Initiation is a beginning that has a beginning and it has a culmination. It's under the jurisdiction of Sambandha. Hmm? And if Sambandha is fully realized, we enter into Bhava Bhakti. That, that's why Bhava Bhakti is Bhakti that's fully informed. Hmm? And that the practice is, is, is not only uh, sensual, hmm? 
and physical, but emotional. Hmm? Because it's fully informed. In sadhana bhakti, our bhakti is not fully informed. We're getting informed about what it is we're doing. We like this. It feels good. What is it? So we keep hearing about it, hearing about it. But we're being theoretically informed. And if we are theoretically informed well enough, we can practice at a level and we can enter into bhava bhakti. And then what we've learned theoretically is we can realize and there's a, there's a, the emotive component of bhakti is alive and well and, 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 um, um, predominates the, 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 the culture of bhava into praying. So, so, uh, again, you, you have to be in touch with, a, with a, that's what you need. You need to be in touch with someone who can really move you, <laughs> if you will. You know, it doesn't have to be me, I mean, and, and but it's somebody, and that's what you need. And if they can't, then it's not good enough. It's not good enough because I've got some formal relationship, and you know, and it worked at some point. It's not working out. You know, it's got to work. There's a, there's, a, there's a license within the teaching. To go to another fountain if one's dried up. Maybe call Sikshiguru, for example. Hmm? And uh, and there's no there's no rules here. But, you know, there's no formalities involved in this. There's no it, you have to learn if you want to make if you want to grow spiritually, hmm? <laughs> don't get burdened down by well I shouldn't go here, I shouldn't go there. You didn't think like that when you joined. <laughs> You go wherever you can find it, wherever it, it might come. It might come from unexpected quarters. You might say it's going to be here. It's only going to be here. You might find oh, it's over there. But it's big over here. It's small over there. Yeah, but, it's, but anyway, I'm just giving an example. You, you, wherever you get nourished, that you got to go to the, to the culture that you have to get. You call, that's Krishna's arrangement. Krishna sends the guru. And you think, this isn't my guru, it's great. And I say, you know, here's just another guru. Problem. Wait, wait, is that really a problem? I, I had this fellow, nice guy, came and he's in a different institution. But he started listening to my talks. And, and so he came to one of our festivals. And uh, afterwards he came and said, this was so wonderful. He had such a good time, you know. And he learned a lot and he was very inspired and he prostrated himself. He said, I, this was so great. And then I said, but... I said, yeah, but it's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I, so it's like it's, a, it's like having a problem with that, <laughs> he said. Mm-hmm. I, I experience this a lot. Mm-hmm. It's really, it was really good, but, but, but there's no buts. You got to let the rest, you know. Mm-hmm. It may be different than what you were told. <laughs> Krishna may, may be, you know, like they say is in the books. <laughs> he could come from anywhere to help us. Hmm? So and that's the way you have to this is this is how you got involved. You have to keep that alive, that type of spirit. Hmm? You, 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 you you had a spirit, a kind of a necessity, it got you involved. That same thing has to be cultivated. Then you can keep finding your way. Hmm? You keep, otherwise you get stuck, you get waylaid, and you got, and it's really stuck. You've got all this spiritual trapping and everything like that, 
and it's 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 all theoretically supposed to work just like this. It's not working, but anyway, it's supposed to. But it's not. But anyway, it's supposed to. So this is what you do. Hmm? No, that's not how it works. That's not. That means you've got to move. Hmm? No, I'm not advocating some kind of um, anarchism or something like that. But then again, the Romans are doing it. I can't think. How you say anarchical or whatever they're anarchists. So no, you so you have to um, you know you have to see lead life in such a way that your that your necessity is is fostered. It's all coming from Sadhusanga. I told that fellow. I said. What happened to you? You understand? What happened to you is, is you just found out that you have two rules. He said, "Yeah." He said, "That's not a problem, according to the texts. That's not a problem." Uh, so now he's happy about that. He was able to help him, and I didn't. You know, I'm not trying to do this kind of thing. I'm just trying. What I know, Prabhupada asked me to share that. She doesn't like to ask me to share. Mm-hmm. I have two sides, you know, about me. I, I, my, I'm famous in Chicago for my outgoing side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that Crawford is very outgoing. Mm-hmm. Crawford brought me in touch with Pujapachuda uh, Maharaj, advising, so I was massaging his feet with the thing. Questions of philosophy, I think, are the parties, and that's Chuda Maharaj. My dad was Chuda Maharaj, but not the So... I had some questions <laughs> after he left, and I went there. And so he had a very, a very introverted other side, very introverted. Sadhus who have different natures. So I have both natures, both sides. And he asked me, the prophet asked me to go and meet the demons, he told me. He before, you should defeat all the demons. I went to see Prabhupada because Prabhupada was, had become ill and he wasn't going to go to the festival in Vrindavan in Mayapur as he would every year. And he had told me at the first festival, every year you come and spend one month with me in Mayapur and Vrindavan. The rest of the year you go and distribute my books. So I used to do that. That was my whole thing. I, all year I waited to go to Prabhupada in Mayapur and Vrindavan. So this year was 1970. Seven, when the festival was ending in Mayapur, Prabhupada was not going to go to Vrindavan because he was too ill. So I went to see Prabhupada and I said, I'm not going to Vrindavan. Why are you not going to Vrindavan? For the festival, you can preach there. I said, Prabhupada, the year of the festival, so he liked that and he appreciated the fitness. But he should go and he should preach and the new name is Chitrai, so he told me stories Chitrai. He's about the pizza and the pizza all the day. So, so he had that side, and I'm charged with that. You know, this is my one, one side. But Sri Ramarsh told me, he said, he said that you should, you should do relief work. Hmm? You should help the devotees who are suffering. Because of any number of things and their practices in need of being nourished and, and so forth. And this requires more internal work, because for me to go and tell someone 
You don't have the body and the reincarnation. I can do that with my hands closed, my eyes, blindfold, you know. Hmm? I mean, that's no, no brainer. You bring new people, talk to. Of course, you would be a little creative you know, according to time and circumstance, but the level of the teaching hmm? it doesn't require that I go very deep within to bring out something. If I had to speak to a room full of devotees who have been devotees for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you know, I have to go inside more you know, to bring out something. You know, it will help them think about the brain ways that are nourishing to them. You know. So, this is what I try to do. You know, all devotees, I don't go too deeply, but... You know, but uh, I'm just trying to share my experience, and I was asked by people that you wanted to do that. What else? There is one devotee that came specifically to see. Oh. His name is Neil Oh, goodness. We're honored. Yeah. Thank you for coming. You know Kofi. Yeah, he's my good friend. He's helping me now in California. You're the temple president. You resigned. What part of India are you from? I helped to acquire the building here for this temple. Hmm? Yeah. 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 I don't know much about it now, but I hope it will flourish. It's Okay, well, nice to be with you all, so I think we should, we should stop and hope to meet you again. See, see, go on if an under die, be sure, 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 be sure,